Well, hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of a West Seattle NASCast. So, uh, what are we doing here? Uh, if you've been around this church a while or for however long, or if you've been maybe connected to another church in the Nazarene, wherever, uh, one of the things you know is we are our kind of year, uh, how we track our years at least, uh, we begin in March and we end in February. So every time or every year about this time, we get together and we, uh, we do this thing called annual meeting where we get together and give reports and uh, we vote on next year's offices, like the board and, and different kind of leadership offices. Um, so I have to give a report, staff has to give a report, and, and all the different areas of the church then also give their reports. And so what we found, uh, well, I'll speak for myself. In the past, I, 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 I have these reports that I'm very proud of, and uh, I, I give them, and, and I, you know, w- well-meaning. Uh, but I, I look in the folks who are in the congregation, the folks who are listening to the report, and, and I'm pretty sure it's, you know, not the most enjoyable uh, 15 minutes, 20 minutes of their lives, especially for the, the few that uh, do just go ahead and just fall asleep. Um, and then we also then print out the reports for the, that everyone writes, and, and we stick them in the sanctuary. And, and typically, what we find is is they stay in the sanctuary until a couple months later when we finally decide to recycle them. And so, uh, just kind of in conversation, we begin thinking: Is there a better way to tell our story that 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 gets people to to invest in it a little bit more? And so this year, uh, we decided that instead of writing big old long reports that that most people don't want to read anyway. Uh, instead, we uh, record our reports, per se, as pod, as a podcast. And so I, I'm going first, and this will be, in a sense, my report. And then over the next five or six weeks, I will be meeting with uh, each of the staff and, and leadership to uh, record a podcast about their areas of ministry and really the stories that are coming out. And so, yeah, what this is is, is a shot uh, of doing it differently. And uh, let us know what you think. So um, now, if I were to put all cards on the table, I actually did sit down on my computer several times uh, leading up to our annual meeting to try and write something. And in years past, typically it comes. And for whatever reason, this year, I just could not come up with something. So call it writer's block, call it uh, call it whatever you want. I, I couldn't come up with something. Call it being here for eight years and and, and in many ways, the reports year after year are feeling very similar. So as I as I had trouble writing, I just began to think about the eight years that I have been here and, and been the pastor at this church. It's fascinating to me. Uh, I came here in my early 30s. I, I came and I was not married. Uh, I arrived and certainly with no kids. So I had a lot more time and a lot more sleep. Um, but I was even thinking this week, and when I came, I, I I came with a sort of naive optimism that I, in many ways, had all the answers to all the church problems, at least this church. Uh, and and I don't necessarily need to dive too deep into that. But but I I I had grand visions of what uh, a small church in West Seattle uh, would look like, certainly eight years. And 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 again, this is naive speaking, but but if I could kind of picture what, what some of those grand dreams I had, 
this it's again it, I know laugh at this but but it's centered around well we're going to preach good sermons and if we could get a little bit of rock and roll worship and we could dim the house lights and preach you know four to six week sermon series and, and just gimmick the thing up uh, or or follow the the kind of trendy model of the way churches do church th- then that would be the thing that led to us going boom whatever boom would mean for us. It's interesting now, eight years later, to think about where I'm at now and, and, and in many ways where uh, I arrived and, and, and to think about all those things that I thought would be the fixes, to think about all the answers I thought I had to all the church problems. Now, seven or eight, seven and a half, eight years later, um, in my later 30s, two kids, less sleep, married. It's interesting that I have less answers now than I had then. I'm less sure of some things than I was when I arrived. And I'm not sure if that sort of trendy church model, or some might say gimmicky church model, would make this place go boom. But I I am pretty sure that even if that was the ticket to going boom, that I'm not sure it is faithful for us in this community. I'm not, that's, I'm not sure that's who we are. So it's interesting to think about where I came into this place and now where I am about eight years later. If I could say one thing I am sure of, and, and, and with great definition, like for sure, for sure, um, it is how much I love this church. Uh, West Seattle Church of the Nazarene, located on 42nd and Juneau. Deeply love this church. Many of you know uh, I arrived with my family. I think it was 13 or 14. We, we, we moved here in 1994. So other than my time at NNU uh, and, and two years after NNU when I was a youth pastor in, in Idaho, I have lived in this community and just have a deep love for this church. Uh, the love really comes... Uh, out of a sense that in many ways this church saved me. Uh, it was, in a sense, my salvation. Now, don't parse that too much. I, 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 I get what I'm saying and, and, and what I'm not saying. Um, maybe it's safer to say that this church really was the sacramental presence of Christ for me. When my parents moved here, uh, me and our whole family here in 1984, I hated Seattle. I wanted nothing to do with Seattle. Seattle scared me. It terrified me. Uh, I have vivid memories of, of, of going to school and, and being picked on and, 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 and all that came with that. And so, so Seattle just wasn't a safe place for me. I, I dreaded most of what uh, life was up here for, for probably the first three or four years that we moved here. But there was, in Seattle, um, there was one thing that that I didn't dread. In fact, there was one thing that I deeply looked forward to each week, and that was coming to this church and being a part of this community. And and and, and I, I can't overstate that in, in, in my growing up and formative years, how much this place saved me. Um, from Teddy picking me up to, to go play basketball to Andy and hanging out. And I remember one time going to a comic book store and um, Clarence and Ken Jr. and Carl and Ken Sr. going to wrestling matches. There's just, this church filled in the gaps and, and was Jesus for me. And so, so it formed in me 
a deep love for this this place, a love that has now extended into my uh, adult years and, and, and to figuring out what it means to be a pastor. One of the things I think that, that happens in reports is they become these big grand things where we tell all of the the epic things we did over the year. And, and, and in this report, I, I actually want to tone that down just a bit. We'll, we'll talk about some of that. But part of my love for this place are some of the smaller things that, that, that go unnoticed and that don't always make um, the reports. So one of those, so just to give you a sense, uh, one of those is just every Sunday, like we have breakfast and pancakes. And, and that's a, a thing I love, by the way. I love that every Sunday I show up and every Wednesday when I show up, the coffee's already hot. Nicholas has already been there. He's already opened the building. He's, he, the heat is on. The coffee's made. I love, I love that Pangy comes in every week and, and is at the church by about 7.30 on a Sunday morning. He gets the pancakes going and uh, just kind of, it is a habit for him to come and just, he is one of the people that, that gets the whole Sunday experience moving. But I, but I love that we have breakfast and everyone gathers and jokes and and has conversation, but then we go to Sunday school. And I love that Sylvia and Bonnie come upstairs in the nursery and, and they just hang out with our kids uh, during the Sunday school hour and just consistently they they are they are there and, and so Tanner knows uh, Sylvia as Grandma Chocolate. And in fact, a couple uh, weeks ago we were doing our, our evening prayers and, and I asked him, okay, who do you want to pray for? We pray for that person. Who do you want to pray for until... Uh, we're done. And, and, and so a couple weeks ago, Tanner, who do you want to pray for? I want to pray for Grandma Chocolate. Um, but that comes out of, of, of Sylvia and Bonnie just being there every Sunday after breakfast, going and hanging out with the kids. I love, I love how, uh, Pastor Bonnie had all the kind of health stuff she's had over this year in many ways that Sylvia pastored her through that. Sylvia was the one person in the church that just always knew how Bonnie was doing and, 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 and made sure that myself and others would always know. I love, uh, I love, um, I love our worship team and how unheralded they just come in every Sunday morning super early and they practice and they get things set up and they work on all the things that, that go unseen. I love that the teenagers like uh, Jay and Shay are a part of kind of all that we do, that Shay is running the, the soundboard and Jay uh, plays the guitar. I love that over the last year, like Jeffrey, just has consistently been around and, and more present to everything in ways that, that he wasn't uh, maybe a couple years ago. I love that Tabitha, uh, once a month or so, just calls me up and says, hey, by the way, for breakfast, I'm bringing eggs or I'm bringing, I'm bringing bacon. I, I love the story of Rick. I, I don't love that Rick moved, although I'm, I'm, I'm glad he did for his family's sake. But I love that, that for a year or so, we could be a, a safe place for him and a, and a place to connect where, where we could become friends with him. He could become friends with us. And there's just so many uh, unheralded things that go on in the life of this church. I love that Ken Steve comes in every week and, and helps with the, the, the finances and, and, and rides for Wednesdays and rides for Saturdays. And, and he just selflessly busses in and busses out to make kind of everything go. Um, I just, so many stories uh, in in the life of this church that are beautiful and that make the whole thing go forward. I, for the sake of time, maybe let me just tell you uh, five kind of big stories uh, that affected 
um, notably affected the life of our church this year. The first, um, I don't know how we, the first just has to be the development, right? Um, in 2013, I, I, we entered into a, a process where uh, we were asking the city really to do some rezoning so that we could build six townhomes and, and the proceeds from the townhomes would go to the refurbishing of our campus. It, I, I cannot tell you uh, over the years how many times it just felt like that would never come. And then even last year, we, we got paid uh, the money. What was it? I think it was September of 2018 that we got paid. And so we didn't really start then the outside till January of 2020. And certainly we did some stuff on the inside. But but it it's a bit surreal to finally get this year this project that has been long overdue to finally come to fruition. And, and the electrical upgrade and the heating upgrade and the plumbing upgrade and uh, all the stuff we've done with the parsonage, and we'll talk more about that when we uh, interview Pastor Terry for, for his portion of the podcast. But now then to see the outside becoming a reality, then pulling the siding off and the new siding on, and, and the reality that we're going to be painting, picking paint colors soon. Uh, it is cool to see uh, the outside and, and even the inside restored and, 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 and deeply hopeful about ha- having a building that we can use to connect, certainly for worship, but also to connect with our community and our neighbors and to, to use it as a gift within our parish. Probably the second uh, big storyline uh, this year is is the work we have done with the church board. Uh, if, if there was probably one main weakness I have had in my time here as pastor, it's probably been the leadership of the board. And, and and it's just, there'd be a lot of starts and a lot of stops. A lot of starts, a lot of stops. Uh, and, and so getting consistent meetings and, 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 and leading the board in such a way that, that what we were doing and the things we were talking about and discussing um, were implemented and, and, and doing so in such a way that the board actually had real kind of tie-in and, and, and things to do. It was just really hard to, to get for six and a half years here, seven years here. Um, so much so that one of our board members the last two years when we would nominate him for the board, he would say, I don't think so. And then eventually would come back and say, okay, okay, I'll do it. This year then uh, has turned out differently, but it, but it didn't start differently. We, we started, had a really couple of good meetings, but then the summer hit and, and we did what we have typically done. It just got out of the rhythm of having board meetings. And so in September, Josh and I got together and, and we just talked about that and we said, this this is kind of our last shot. So at least emotionally with this group, if we're going to make the board meaningful for the life of the church, which we desperately needed, um, this is the shot and we need to be very intentional about it. And so uh, really from October through or through February, we have we have turned the corner with the board and, and we've had consistent meetings and consistent conversations. And out of that has come really our first budget certainly in my time here, um, and I, I don't know beyond that, um, but a working budget where we know each month kind of where our money is going to go and, and, and have some limits around that. 
and, and, and so it's dedicated. Um, working with me in terms of my hours and, and trying to control some of that, working to to develop some systems in terms of, uh, in terms of volunteers and, and, and all the while then having conversations about vision and who we're going to be. It is one of the more exciting things uh, to happen that this year now as we're electing board, there was a real sense of, of I, from, from people on the board, we want to keep serving, we want to keep working at this. We feel like we're moving in the right direction. The third thing uh, then, and I think <clears throat> really comes out of our time on the board is, is our staff. Uh, in many ways, for various reasons, work schedules, family life, um, the demands of the development, um, many, many reasons. We, we got out of the rhythm of weekly or at least regular consistent staff meetings where we as a staff were connecting and moving things forward. And, and out of, uh, seeing the board really get back on the same page and, and being a net positive for the church, uh, the staff and I have worked intentionally to to move in that direction as well, and and we are now a couple months into just meeting every week and and sharing and laughing and fighting and crying and and doing all the things that that build um, a bond together that help us all to function better together. And so when you combine that with with uh, with the board, we we're just really excited about the future and the ways we're working collaboratively together. Uh, number four, play space. Yes. Um, play space is just wildly exciting. It's a lot of work. So, um, every Tuesday and every Thursday, we open our church from nine to noon, uh, particularly our nursery area to moms, dads, caregivers, grandparents, whoever, to bring their kids and have a, a, a space to connect and play and drink coffee and all of that. I, I honestly, it's weird because almost every week I, I'm surprised that people come, but they keep coming, especially in Seattle when the rain turns and gets a little bit colder. We've just consistently had um, several. I mean, it's it's often very full. Uh, there have been a couple of times where people have come in and then had to go back out because we've we've not had uh, enough space for 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 more kids to come in and run around. And so it's just it's this beautiful scene. Um, the best word to describe it is community, where our, our community is coming in and using this space. And I, I think I think they in many ways feel like it is their own space, which is so uh, beautiful. It's just, it's just this beautiful connecting point. And and we'll prompt us in the coming year because of how busy it's been to think about, well, do we is there a way to open more days or longer hours? Or, or do we need to think about even opening up the sanctuary and, and moving some of the toys out there uh, so that we could just create more space? But it's this beautiful... Um, play space is this beautiful thing where we are extending beyond ourselves, extending beyond just like the normal worship and Bible study and, and, and creating a space where our community, um, I think opening our building up to meet a need that our community, um, seems to be wanting. And, and if anyone from the community listens, thanks for using our space. We love it. And, uh, if you have any ideas about ways we can make it, uh, better for the community, uh, feel free to talk about or talk to us about it. The last thing, and, and it's tough to, I, I didn't want to not talk about this, but this one is, is, is a tough one. <clears throat> but we'd be remiss if we didn't uh, acknowledge that the, the deep loss inside of uh, losing our friend Alan this year. Alan, who came to us several years ago from Tent City, uh, who has been playing guitar for us. And so every week, um, up until the last couple of years, his health started to deteriorate. He would bus in on Saturday for practice, bus home, and then bus back in 
uh, on Sunday morning, and he, he lived out in Auburn, so so busing, that, that was a big commitment, and he would just play guitar for us, and uh, he was a just good, he was a good dude, and, and over many years connected with us, and, and we learned from him, and I think he learned from us, and and we uh, we miss him. We we still have one one of his guitars is still in the church, and we we have not been able to take it down. It just kind of sits in the spot it was when he's there as a memory of our friend who who invested so much in us, and and we are we are so grateful, and 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 his um, his impact is still felt uh, really every Sunday. Um, so those kind of are the five big narratives that that really really defined our year typically in my report this might be one of those moments where i would then lay out kind of all the all the big sweeping uh activities that we had and uh, so this year i chose not to do that in part for time uh instead i put together a video and so if you're listening to this podcast i would invite you to hit the pause button uh in just a second and then go to our website, www.westalenaz.org, which if you're listening to this, you're already there. So why did I mention that? Oh, well. Um, but go to the media and there should be in one of the tabs a, a video that uh, should say annual meeting uh, video. And, and I'd love for you to watch that. And it should give you a picture of just kind of the interaction we had in, in several events over the year. And so if you want to watch that, uh, hit the pause button now. All right, welcome back. I uh, hope you enjoyed the video. Um, I want to briefly, before we wind this uh, podcast down, talk to you about the future and uh, and where where we're going. So so if if all of that kind of encompassed 2019, what is what does 2020 look like? Uh, probably for me, the the thing that is most um, that I'm most facing, and, and I, I'm excited for it, and I'm excited for the church to experience it as well, uh, is I will be submitting a proposal to go on a sabbatical. Um, I should be submitting that in the next uh, thirty to sixty days, and, and and we'll be discussing with the board the timing for that and how long. Uh, but one of the things the Church of the Nazarene affords me is every seven years the chance to to take a sabbatical. A sabbatical. Uh, is not a vacation, per se. Certainly, I'll take a couple weeks in there to do some of that. But a sabbatical is an intentional stepping away. It's a, an intentional time of rest, an intentional time of, of family and play, but it's also an intentional time um, meant to enhance um, enhance myself as a as a man, a husband, a father, a pastor. Um, and so I'm going to be looking into to what that time will look like. What what will be the family rhythms? What will be the spiritual disciplines? What will be the where will I go to church? I'll probably be touring different churches in, over that time. And and what will the are there a conference or two I could go to? Are there some uh, you know some ways to kind of personally grow in some areas of leadership? Um, but but I will be stepping away from the space for two or three months and and. And I think that'll be good for me. I think it'll be good for the church. It'll be a, a time for the church to lean into kind of collaborative leadership and maybe taking on some things that that often I take on. And, and and I think it will be a good thing for the life of our church. And 
And so that will be coming, uh, you'll probably be hearing about that in the next 30 to 60 days. All of that then is to, to hopefully continue to enhance our, our journey together as we, uh, as we prayerfully seek to embody this idea of being the sacramental presence of Christ in the neighborhood. So, so for us then, then our neighborhood is going to be key this year. We, we, we hope to bring back, uh, movies in the park this summer for two, three, four times where we just watch a movie on a Friday night, uh, have some popcorn with our neighbors. We want to continue to, to keep exploring, uh, what play space looks like and, and, and how we can, we can use that. And, and are there other, uh, are there other ways in which we might open up this building? Uh, Part because of our continued partnership with Seattle First, that also is is part of of what this year will hold, and, and continue to see are there ways we can connect better with our our friends at Seattle First, and 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 in many ways see ourselves ministering together in the city. But but one of the things we've seen from them that we just love is is mosaic and the way um, they have used their space to create a communal space that the city. Their, their, their community leans into. And so one of the questions for us is, is there ways to do that um, within our own like sanctuary area, including even potentially a coffee shop? Um, part of that, part of the reality of, that we're facing with that is our development money will not go far enough to, to likely kind of extend into that. And so so what would it look like to to, to restore our wood floors and, and to put a fresh coat of paint and, and, and to... Cr- to, to get a coffee bar up and all that, what, what would it take? And is it possible for a, a small church to, to lean into that so that, that we are creating space where our, our community can meet over, um, well, or, over a cup of coffee, over, over work, over AA meetings and group watch meetings and block watch and, uh, open mics? Um, is there a way for us to get there? Is that, is that where God, um, is in fact leading as, as some of us are, are prayerfully hoping he is so, but but behind that really is the idea of community. How can we continue to connect? How can we be hospitable neighbors within this community? Um, the third thing is is really our kids. I, I did the stats recently where I, I looked at um, I looked at all the folks that that go to church, and then and then there's these new stats out that say the average church goer goes to church about one and a half times a month, and so I I kind of looked at all of our folks that average about one and a half times a month or more to church. And, and one of the, the, I think it is the largest section, the largest group of folks we have in the church is uh, 12 or under. We have a ton of kids. And so one of the things this year we're going to be thinking about is like, how can we, how can we be faithful as a church to walk a journey with our kids to introduce them to faith and, and to Jesus um, in ways that are age-appropriate, in ways that um, help them to see what the story of God really is. And, and I even add, in ways that, that, that leave them entering adulthood with the most to unlearn. Um, but we're just really excited to have these kids and, and this year want to be intentional. And so, so over the next couple of months, in, as we have conversation with the board, we're going to be we're going to be talking about some ways we can change things up, the ways um, we can kind of get a hold of the, the nursery situation. And so, so not everyone will be able to be in the nursery at all times. It'll be a certain age and below, and we'll have a check-in system. And, 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 and what does that mean for like a children's church? So after the offering of our hearts and lives, Pastor uh, Sarah and Laura taking uh, 
the kids downstairs for, for like a sermon moment. Um, but that, that really for us will be a highlight of this year and, and, and beginning to think intentionally, how can we, how can we raise our, our kids as people of faith, um, in a beautiful way, a way that, that helps them to, to explore faith and, and hopefully in ways that then they will want to lean into as they, uh, become adults. That's a lot. Um, and there is a lot and there's so much more. We are so excited and we will continue to roll out um, all of these ideas and more in the coming months and, and over the course of the year. Um, it really does come for us out of a heart of seeing ourselves uh, as the sacramental presence of Christ in the neighborhood. Um, so that when people experience West Seattle Naz, West Seattle Church of the Nazarene, um, they will they will walk away feeling like they experienced grace uh, in real, tangible ways. And so, thanks for thanks for listening. If you're if you still are, and uh, but thanks for being a part of this. Thanks for participating. Uh, however, it is you uh, participate in the life of this community. We're excited about the future. Um, we desperately need uh, we need folks who who want to give input and thought and and, and help to shape the future. And so. So if you've been listening to this and you've had some thoughts um, in any number of ways, reach out to myself, reach out to one of the staff, reach out to one of the board. We'd love to talk. We'd love to collaborate with you. We are excited about the future and we'd love to uh, to participate in it uh, alongside you. So thanks for listening. Uh, yeah. Grace and peace. Bye.